This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Now, today's podcast is titled Leading Others to a Clear Salvation. Now, David, do you want to clearly talk about what you're referring to here, a clear salvation? Yes, that is my hope, uh, that we can really help leaders <laughs> understand how to help others come to a, a uh, what, what's another word, uh, clarity in uh, helping others have salvation and walking with the Lord. Clarity and salvation. The scriptures even says right. uh, that these things were written that we shall know that we have eternal life. And I always point that out to people. It's not that God doesn't want us guessing mm-hmm. about our relationship with him and eternal salvation. That's right. There should be clarity for his children. I mean, children should know who their parents are and be very confident in their love and position in the family. And so the first thing I want to ask in our discussion here to you, Mark, is when you think of the story of the crucifixion of Jesus, how many crosses do you picture? Well, I picture three. And, and honestly, I picture Jesus in the middle, two other crosses on either side. Yeah, and most churches either have one cross or they have three. Right. And so obviously that's remembering the, the actual historic story that there were three crosses. Jesus was crucified between two other individuals. And do you remember who those two other individuals were described as? Yeah, I seem to remember that they were thieves. Jesus, the king of the universe, gets crucified between two thieves. And that sets up well the story, the global church story I wanted to share this morning to really talk about this leadership principle is a story from Richard Wormbrandt, uh, one of the profound influences in my life. And uh, he was put in prison for a total of 14 years for his faith in Jesus in the communist days of uh, Romania. So during Soviet Union days that they controlled Romania and persecuted the Christians. And so he was with many other common thieves. And so what the Christians did, their focus was to show the love of Jesus, that, that the Holy Spirit would convert these men that they would uh, turn from serving their own flesh and thieving to becoming righteous men of God. And uh, one of the things that Richard did on a regular basis was to point out uh, Jesus' favoritism for thieves in the kingdom, that he uh, chose to be crucified with thieves, and the very first recorded citizen of heaven from um the, the crucifixion of Jesus was a thief who Jesus promises. We're going to look at the story who says today you shall be with me in paradise. So G- Jesus has a real soft spot for thieves. <laughs> yeah. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why, why would he have a soft spot for thieves? That's that I never thought about that before. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus said, I've come for the the unrighteous, not the righteous, the sick, not the healthy. Uh, that's the power of the gospel. It's for the broken people, uh, not for the perfected people. It's uh, so, the, you know, and, the, and it's profound that Jesus makes that point right at the pinnacle of his life, of the death of Jesus. And then, of course, we have the glorious resurrection, which completes the story. And so this is the story we like to use out of Luke 23 there that really demonstrated that God wants to bring and how he wants to bring clarity of salvation, of him imputing, him giving um, the forgiveness of sins and the invitation into the kingdom of God, into ultimately paradise here. So I want to just, we can role play here on the story. 
and then really draw from it for our podcast here. So one of the things that sure. we need to remember, Mark, just for context, uh, the Word of God tells us that uh, right before we jump into this passage is that uh, the crowd was mocking Jesus, saying, if you are king, save yourself, then we will believe. This includes the Jewish rulers and the Roman rulers. Even the criminal uh, criminals, both criminals, uh, thieves on the cross, were joined in mocking Jesus. So keep that in mind as we go through the Word of God. So here we go, right from God's Word. So one of the thieves that hung on the cross next to Jesus verbally attacked Jesus. Are you not a king? If you are, save yourself and save us. The other thief rebuked the man and said, Do you not fear God, seeing that we are condemned and about to die? We deserve that what we have been given, but this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then the thief said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I promise that today you will be with me in paradise. That's quite a transformation from like one one moment where he's, you know, mocking Jesus on the cross. And really, it was just moments later that Jesus is extending to him this gift of salvation. That's that's really an incredible story, a incredible paradigm of how a, a person's life was changed in such a such an instant, just a moment. Oh, yeah. And the heart change and it literally changes trajectory for eternity. So I think after the break, uh, Mark, we should unpack this and um, let's see what we can learn as leaders uh, from God's Word. All right. When we get back, we'll unpack this story about Jesus and the thief on the cross. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. And before our break, uh, David, you just read the passage from Luke 23 and the story of the thief on the cross and this heart change. So let's unpack that a little further. What kind of implications can we draw from this passage? Yeah, so Mark, why don't we go through this together, and you help me out, and let's uh, look for spiritual mm-hmm. observations. Uh, so let's start right again at okay. the beginning of the passage. So the first thief that hung on the cross with Jesus, do you remember what he said? I, he said, yeah, he said something like, uh, are, are you a king or something? And yes. you are, uh, how come you don't save yourself or something? Oh, good job. That's right. He said, aren't you a king if you are? save yourself and save us. So we see the first thief choose to verbally attack Jesus. The word, interesting enough, in the Greek, it you could translate that word blaspheme. It says the first thief blasphemed Jesus and said these things. You could translate that way. So he verbally attacks Jesus. By the, the first thief choosing to verbally attack Jesus, what do we learn about that thief? Well, I think that we learned that he doubted who Jesus was. And maybe for good reason that if he was a king, he would have somebody to help him. He was probably a little bit confused about what Jesus was doing in that exact moment. I think I would make those conclusions right off the bat. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and, and I think with all that, we could say certainly the man was looking for, right, physical, uh, you know, help. Yeah. And hopefully Jesus is going to basically serve him, you know. doesn't matter, you know, he's fine with Jesus serving himself, but hey, make sure you serve me in this whole thing. Yeah. So the result of the first thief choice then was ultimately we see that the second thief chooses to respond. And then remember how the second thief says, don't you fear? Yes, yeah, it, it says, do you not fear God, uh, seeing that we are condemned uh, condemned about to die? You know, this right. man, Jesus has done nothing. He's innocent. Uh, and then he turns to Jesus and, of course, says, uh, remember me when you come into your paradise. So we see the second thief then. He ultimately takes responsibility that he they're guilty, that they deserve to die. And then he appeals to Jesus for help after death. So what you know? What other choices could that second thief have made other than to do that? Well, I I just am a little bit caught up on at the beginning. You know, we talked about how the criminals, even the two criminals on the cross, were joining in and mocking Jesus, and then something happened, something switched, and I, I wonder what that was. Yeah. I I don't know that the scripture is explicit about it, but I wonder what that was mm-hmm. that made him go. Not only am I going to not mock Jesus, but he made this huge 180 degree turn to where he's saying, would you remember me in paradise, recognizing that he's God? He says, do you Mm -hmm. not fear God? So, I mean, I suppose the other choice he could have made was to continue on the path that he was going and doubting who Jesus was and continue to hurl insults at him. Um, Maybe that would have made him feel better, but that's certainly not what he did. Yeah. So that's a great observation. The second thief was already, we know by scripture, uh, mocking Jesus, uh, blaspheming him too, but suddenly he made a change. He changed his mind. He he takes responsibility mm-hmm. for his own guilt and asks for, for you know, ultimately spiritual help uh, after death. So we see this man, there's been a heart change. Uh, there's been a, a mind change. And the consequences of that, remember, is now we see that Jesus responds to to him. And do you remember what Jesus says, how he responds there, Mark? Yeah, he says, I promise that today you will be with me in paradise, is what he says. Yeah, there you go. So Jesus immediately responded to the second thief, but did he respond to the first thief? No, I don't think so. No, no, right? Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it in the story. Yeah, no, he didn't. So what so what what do we learn by Jesus responding to the second thief and then giving him the desire of his request, what do we learn about Jesus? Well, um, there, there's a couple of things. Either he's nuts, <laughs> you know, any, anybody could say, yeah, we're, we're, we're dying right now, and, but <laughs> I'm going to save you. Yeah. We're going to be in paradise. Either he's just crazy or he's exactly who he says he is, that he's there for a larger mission and that he has power to grant mm-hmm. this man's salvation. And that's a huge claim. That Jesus just made. Yeah, so certainly we see that Jesus confident in who he is and that he could grant that also. But we also see a difference between the two men, um, how they, the two men responded to Jesus and then how Jesus responded to them. And, and remember, last podcast, we talked about repentance means mm-hmm. change of one's mind. If we uh, repent and believe, you shall be saved, right? We talked about that. Now, you pointed out already the second man repented and the right. first man we see didn't right so now what do we see and then we see Jesus right, right. the response to that so we now we we observe that Jesus responds 
to repentance and belief, changing their mind about self-righteousness. In other words, that man changed his mind that he was righteous, that he could judge Jesus. All of a sudden, he admitted that he was unrighteous, and he asked for Jesus for help after death. And sure enough, mm-hmm. he uh, Jesus responded. And today, uh, Mark, where is that thief? Um, well, according to the scriptures, it says that he is going to join Jesus at this very day in paradise. That means that that thief is in heaven. That that moment of faith was enough. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I I just love that point with just the profound mercy of God. That, okay, so that thief hadn't gone through catechism, hadn't been you know, baptized physically, had you know, hadn't done all the religious stuff. At the eleventh hour, mm-hmm. boom, he got God's attention. And the two things that we see that we went through observed in the, in the scripture is that he repented and he believed, and God saved him. And, and that's what we want leaders to see and and, draw, and and help people get to that. It's God's righteousness. It's God who saves, not us. What God invites us to is for us to repent and believe so that we can make our right relationship, so God can make us right before him. Uh, so this story is fantastic, of course, for just you know, cutting through the chase, don't you think, Mark, uh, with all the confusion these days? Yeah, sometimes Christian leaders can say it's it's you know repentance and belief and something, even if that and something is a certain prayer. It, that's not what it says. Sometimes that prayer is indicative mm-hmm. of repentance and belief, but it's not. It's not repentance, mm-hmm. repentance and belief, and something else. It's not a prayer. Like he says, it's not catechism. It's not class. It's mm-hmm. not anything. It's not walking down an aisle. Those things can be helpful tools, but ultimately, it's a heart change. Is what God's looking for. We always invite you know people and 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 love for you to respond. Just you know because we want people to respond where they are. But today, if you put your trust. Uh, in God's word and, and what God has done, and and you think about the, this passage, who do you relate to the most, Mark, in your relationship with Jesus? Do you relate to the first thief or the second thief, and why? Well, I hope I don't relate to the first thief because he was all like you know mocking and blasphemy. So uh, <laughs> um, I hope that in my <laughs> in my sin somewhere I was able to see Jesus and be like, okay, he's the real deal. So I, I hope I can relate to the second thief more than the first. Yeah, yeah, and you can. I mean, obviously, even our lives, our, our testimony, our, our that we have, that both of us have a time that we've repented and believed, and we've received, we've experienced the love and mercy of God, and so that we can relate to that, and now we can point other people to God's word to see the clarity of salvation that God wants for all mankind. That would uh, again, uh, in their heart, would change their mind about their own self righteousness and put confidence in Christ's ways done that he died for us and he rose again on the third day. And now we could be cleansed and forgiven of our sins because of what he's done. Mm -hmm. Well, David, we're starting to run out of time. So uh, At Risk Radio invites you, the listener, to get involved with those who risk much for Jesus. You can get involved by subscribing to our newsletter. Our full color newsletter comes out every month and features stories from those who are serving on the front lines in the most restrictive areas in the world for the gospel. You can sign up for the newsletter at www.atriskradio.com. You can also help with the podcast by subscribing, by sharing it with a friend, or by leaving a comment. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love your help in connecting others with the information that is provided during this podcast. If you have a question for us, we'd love to answer those questions on our program. You can email those to us. If you include an audio clip, you might even 
get it played on the show. That'd be great. Our contact information can be found again at atriskradio.com. Lastly, At Risk Radio and SOM International are crowdfunded ministries. We're supported. As you sign up to be a monthly donor or as you buy books from the bookstore, you can visit the SOM bookstore at spiritofmartyrdom.com. Until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.